Hello and welcome to season three, episode three of your mom's podcast. The only podcast is worth walking out on a date with one of Degrassi's coolest girls. I'm Avis. And I'm Caroline. And today we're talking about Degrassi season three, episodes four and five, Pride parts one and two. Roses are red. Today I'm struggling with rhymes. Marco is a victim of several hate crimes. When Ellie refuses to be Marco's beard any longer and breaks the news to the group that they've broken up, Spinner becomes suspicious and presses the issue until he basically bullies Marco into coming out. Over at the Nelson Simpson household, Snake's common cold has some unsettling symptoms. Symptoms that look a lot like leukemia. So I think in in our normal fashion, we can talk about the B-plot. Yeah. It's a heavy B plot. This is. is a heavy episode a throughout, heavy which episode. I we don't get much like. It, I, like I feel like this is the first time they've really done that to us. Yeah, they're like, oh, you thought that you were just getting a lighthearted episode about um, s- uh, snake crashing. hate crimes. A hate crime, but no, you you getting you're getting snake crashing Craig and Ashley's romantic weekend only to discover that snakes probably got leukemia oh wait he definitely does it's hinted right. like the band-aid zoom in the the dolly mm-hmm. zoom on the band-aid should we be tracking dolly zooms i don't i it like i don't know that they continue but like i kind of want to track dolly zooms because it's been a thing since episode or since season since season, since season one, one, since Ashley, Ashley your dad, dad is, is gay. gay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, it's been a while. So I think this might be something that they're just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, let's just right. keep this. Let's just keep this. Uh, the good times going, whatever. Whatever that sound is. Let's. How, what do you say we keep these good times going? I don't even know where that's from. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. It's a sound um, but that no, I, this... I keep hearing on social media. Um, I do not participate in the Tiki Talk, so I get my my little short videos from Reels on Facebook. So, uh, like anybody it's just over, TikToks. like anybody over twenty eight. Fuck you! I'm thirty five. I love TikTok. I do not participate in the tiki talk caroline i just have one for optics i know you're missing out i tried it but my algorithms they don't know they don't know who i am so they're not giving you gotta let them know who you are but i'm i don't i don't want to i want to be anonymous they're like throwing everything at me and nothing's sticking (laughs) okay well that's fine it's no social media is a it's time-sucking cesspool it's also a beautiful place it's this weird combination back to the b plot it is though it's the first time i feel like where we just get a full-on heavy episode and there's some comedic relief in like yeah snake's got cancer but he's still gonna be snake about it snake's got cancer up the wazoo (laughs) i am the king of the shalom's shalom's the master of the slopes and he just, like oh my gosh snake is so heartbreaking though because it's like why do they always target like the heart of the show to get cancer or die because would you care that much if radish had leukemia okay but radish isn't even a big deal would you care that much if joey had leukemia probably not would you care that much if <laughs> and I'm Spike so sorry, had leukemia? Angie. I'm so sorry, Spike. I would not give a fuck. You're right. Caitlyn like, can 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 she? Would you care, if Kate, like, Can she? Like, shoot? I might be... care. I might care if Sydney has cancer, but that's just because I think she's hot. <laughs> also, now, Sydney did nothing wrong. Sydney, did like, Sydney's great. All, she did like, nothing wrong. She's doing her, I feel like, because you got to keep in mind, and it's weird because they still feel older than me to me. And I think it's because of, like, the styling of the 90s and the early aughts of, like, And, like, the the fact that, like, products that, like, people weren't highlighting the same way. 
people weren't like the, mm-hmm. like we really just but we've come along but way, sydney's guys. what like sydney's not even 30 yet there's no, she's she's mid to late thir- uh, mid to late 20s uh, tops um and i would go heavy on the the mid because i think yeah. she's she's supposed to be like but even though is she a little younger than joey I think she's younger than Joey because Joey said, like, you know, I, I woke up in my 30s. But, like, he's, like, max 32 at this point, right? right. He's not- well, but so, okay, so here's the thing about Sydney. Is, so Sydney's, like, 26. Sydney's a go-getter. She's a career woman. Yeah. Sydney is, Joey is Sydney's last, like, slumming it before she like really gets say, serious about her life i probably have so you, you like you and i think that this is a pretty on brand with her though the the term slumming it is one of those things i think it was said on one of our trivia episodes just like husky that i really hadn't heard i haven't heard that <laughs> That's fair. That's I fair. I've heard that term in but a it, long time, but people used to use that term so often. But it's it, like, I mean, I think in this context, it is pretty like on brand with this. With with, she's just so clearly better than him in like multiple ways. So Intellectually, she surpasses him. Like she's a better parent. She's than a better. Him. Pa- domestically she surpasses him physically she com- she surpasses him he's not ugly but like come on yeah you're no, bad out of your league man and he gets a lot of Joey like attractive is- girls because he's funny and being funny is very attractive i have recently learned i haven't recently learned this i've always known this but it is a thing that I, when someone said that i was like oh because they're like how, how why can average looking guys who are like comedians get really hot girls it's because being funny is sexy yeah so that's why joey gets ass that looks like fucking sydney and caitlin caitlin's not ugly she's just annoying caitlin's a babe she's just just fucking annoying and sucks in like personality wise (laughs) her personality is like wait what is she when she's a 10 but her personality is a (laughs) five seriously okay we are so off topic again though so that but adjacent to the topic now we're at least talking about degrassi but yeah no snake it has to be snake Mm -hmm. because who else are you gonna like like yes you'll be sad you don't want anybody to get cancer but you're not gonna care the way you're gonna care if it's snake and that's fair the only other person would be lucy and even then she's not not like that's just because we love lucy we love lucy and they'd be like who the fuck is this um (laughs) this is just my random person voice of the day um so far but no i i definitely feel like it sucks to have that dolly zoom on his band-aid at the you know towards the middle uh towards the end i think of pride because it's like okay we're gonna or the part one we're gonna get some bullshit in part two it's just like saddle up and then i'm sad because he's got a baby and he's got a a wife and it's and he's got an emma and emma i right i i meant to say kids but you know i think to emphasize a baby like if he you know those things like oh he never knew his father because his father died before he could yeah no and that's the memory very tragic i was talking more the stressor of having an emma for snake oh, like and well, i get yeah it's really scary that your dad who like you also just got a dad mm-hmm. you know yeah, and no, now that's... he has cancer yeah and he seemingly doesn't care about it but also like i don't know it, Emma cannot. Emma has a really hard time seeing experience that isn't her own, mm-hmm. and it shows here. Yeah, she. I think that she's just. Uh, I have a hard time being angry with her. In at like not in this context, I think that she kind of does 
things that like are relatable in her situation. Oh, I'm like not. I'm not angry with Emma at all. It's more just that like, how do I put this? At any given time, mm-hmm. Emma is going to do something that certainly makes sense and that like you can understand and sympathize with. Yeah. But at I can't think of a time where Emma does like the best thing in the situation or even like a not so damaging thing in a situation. Yeah. Like like you just you never see Emma being as good as you would like her to. Yeah, um, I've, that's true. You would like, they just write her in a way that it can be hard to kind of 100% be on her side. Mm. Um, It's just like, okay, you, you've got some right to be acting this way. But I think that her being snooty to Manny, um, even though it's like, okay, some people are dealing with things other than what you've got going on. Someone's always dealing with something that you don't know about. It's not an excuse to, to like, and I mean, she's just, she's having emotions that she can't really process. So I get that too. It's, it's like, like I said, it's hard for you to like be angry with her, but it's also like, you're not a hundred percent right. You know, I can't, I can't condone your actions just because you've got cause to feel. It's not even, I can't condone your actions. It's just, I would like you to do better and be better. Well, I always want these girls to be better. I I always want. But Emma, especially. I find myself wanting Emma to do better. Do better, Emma, as you always want everyone else to do. But yeah, um, she's pretty much going through knowing some stuff that her mom doesn't know uh in this episode again yeah yeah the communication has not gotten much better after the fucking baby and the wedding nothing all this time we we haven't talked about being able to talk to each other before our teenage daughter gets in the mix like we haven't fig- quite figured out that dynamic yet. I think too, though. Like Emma just inserts herself into the mix always, but Craig also brings her into it because Craig yeah. realized that Something's or what not, not realized. Right. Yeah, he's like, yeah, like that's not normal. And I mean, Ashley's a fucking potato once again, like barely well, saying we shit. I don't know that we know what kind of cancer killed Julia, but don't we know that she died from cancer? Yes, she died from cancer. Yeah, it's pro- it's it possible that Craig... Leukemia. Yeah, right, it could have been leukemia. or so- Even if it wasn't, it could have similar symptoms that Craig recognizes. That, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. If, I know that because leukemia is a blood cancer, it does that excessive bleeding and stuff is a yeah. sign of it but i do know that it can be a sign of like your body not being able to fight off or, or heal itself properly if you have a cut that won't heal like mm-hmm. your body is weak and uh, your immune system is weak so i think that can in itself can be an indication of, of cancer or some other underlying condition where your body just isn't functioning properly so i mean either way it's it's clear that something was wrong and craig didn't feel like he doesn't have access to i mean no one has fucking access to spike she just hides in the house with the baby and then no one knows where spike is so he has access to emma so he tells emma and now emma's involved mm-hmm. um and i mean yeah snake i guess has already really told her to blame or spike for that yeah i mean we can't blame but then she also she she stayed in the middle of it she didn't communicate like hey i think he's really sick because of x y and z yeah like i I was told by my friend that's some shit like i just have to think about like 13 year old me if my friend had in some context seen my dad fall over and then like and he wasn't drinking (laughs) like right i would talk i would like tell my mom because number one that's not my person. Like, that's not my place. I can't do shit about that. 
But Emma is just so much the super duper 13 year old that she feels like she can handle these matters on her own. And she just needs to talk to her dad about it. But it's like, mm. you've already talked to him and he's told you that you're overreacting. Yeah. Like, yeah, you've no, already Emma expressed needs to stop concern. overstepping. Yeah, like she just needs to pack. She just needs to play the adolescent role. Everything is her. I think, like, I think we have this theory about her being burnt out by the time she gets to actual adulthood. It's because she's trying to take on the burdens of adulthood before she's an adult. I would just pass Mm -hmm. that buck. I'm passing the buck. I'm 13. This is not my problem. This is not my business. I am fucking trying to do Cheetah Girls choreography up in my bedroom. I'm not fucking around with this shit. Like, I don't have, like, I, this is not my capacity because by the time she reaches like actual adulthood, she just has no fucking energy or capacity for it. And she right. bombs miserably because like, she in addition to everything to, like, else, blaze. yeah, like, just, do you want to like play? <laughs> it's so bad. Like, Emma, you are 13. You don't need to be taking on the weight of your parents' like fuck uh, like marriage in a sense like this is a marriage a marital issue this is not something mm-hmm. that you need to like to bear the weight of or bear i mean I she mean, should be I, informed I, about it but she doesn't how need do you to be... not bear the weight of your dad has cancer but and like, it feels to you like nobody's taking it seriously yeah but like no i feel no, like her, I feel the role for that she episode, takes in it i just yeah. don't but like does she her. does she not does she go and tell Spike, or does I think Snake sh- tells Spike? I think we just don't find that out on screen. I was gonna say, but like I, I find it I, I I don't think I usually put myself in the position of these kids because I am now an adult and I don't really remember that mindset. But I I just remember my unwillingness to grow up, and maybe that was just how I was raised of where I was my mom definitely sheltered me in a way so I did not grow up before my time I did a lot of things pretty much when I decided okay I want to do these things not because I felt pressured or because I wanted to do like I I don't I don't know I didn't take responsibility before I needed to essentially so I don't know why she was so willing to be like I'm going to bear the brunt of knowing this secret or, or, or because she has to assume it's a secret. Like, how is how would Spike know that? Well, okay. Well, so here's the thing: is that like, I just I I I don't think that Spike doesn't know. I mean, like, it's possible that Emma found out about the falling down before Spike. Yeah. But after that, like, I don't. You, you don't just like. I mean, I guess people do, but like Snake's not going to just not let Spike know that he might have leukemia. Uh, Well, yeah, he'll let her know. I think that for me, it's just like she she's often the one who she often feels like she has to be um, the only one involved psychologically. She's like the main player. She doesn't let her mom have room in her psyche to help her or soothe her until like she's ready for it or until the situation because she does she I, I don't know I, I feel like she as a, as an adolescent should seek comfort in her mother should should seek some comfort in I'm t- this is out of my depth I'm going to defer to an adult and I guess maybe to an extent the show doesn't want her to do that because they want her to begin to take these things by the horns by herself and to an extent like have an emotional reaction to it that is cultivated by her own perceptions and feel you know like help have her process this on her own without her mother helping but like Mm -hmm. I just feel like as a 13 year old I probably would have told my mother and we would have processed it together um I don't know that I was ready to to like know that my dad collapsed and my fears about him my anxieties about him being sick are true like but maybe she feels like okay my mom's already busy with the newborn like I don't know that this is something that she can handle like she's always trying to parent her mother so like Mm -hmm. there's there could be that in there like what a parentification there's a lot of that going on with spike and spike and her 
she there's a lot of that and i feel like there's been a lot of that for a very long for a very long time their dynamic is so classic like even the one of the first lines she says she's like hello can we try um asking before or knocking before entering or whatever and it's just like or asking and then no asking before trespassing uh, trespassing on the computer and it's like this is not your computer you do I not know, buy in this fucking, it's in her bedroom i think you have because if, if for no she other reason than that it's in her bedroom she has a right to say like you can't just be in my room without me knowing that you're in my room all the more a solid case for a computer room what are you doing, Spike? It is the early aughts. You should have a fucking computer alcove in your living room like everybody else. My, I mean, mine She's was a in single the dining mom. room. She can't afford that. Mine was in my dining room in the left-hand corner near the air conditioning. And there was a dining room table in there, too. Okay, we made do. That corner was in that fucking computer was in the corner, and I used to sit there and I used to watch TV too on the computer. <laughs> uh, my, dude, when my... back when the computer room had to be the coldest room in the house, <laughs> it was near a window. Yeah, it was on. <laughs> Get a little. We sweater. had two computers because there were four of us kids. Okay. And you know the my stepbrother andy and i are like the same age so we were in the same grade we had middle school homework Mm -hmm. and then the younger brothers would like need it on occasion Mm -hmm. and it was just it had like two air conditioners and a fan it was beautiful (laughs) i loved that room beautiful room actually it 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 even when it moved up when like the living situation changed and my um we had an extra room it moved into the middle room and that was a very cold room even <laughs> it was a very chilly room so i mean essentially obviously uh snake has dark humor but the fact that he has cancer is that's the cap of the b pot he has cancer emma is her abandonment issues return and asking him are you gonna beat it and he's obviously going to try his, his darndest, um, but that's where we are left with Snake and uh, Snake and good old M. But to transition into the A plot, we find um, Marco's bearded <laughs> bearded journey with Ellie has come to a screeching halt. And it <laughs> it starts with like the worst beach trip. In the history of beach trips, it's like a London beach day, like a, a Lund- like an English countryside, like countryside, an English beach day, which like it's so overcast. And I mean, I've been to the beach in California where it's overcast like this, in like Santa Monica, and it's actually very dreary. So I mean, a beach in in Toronto, which I didn't know they had beaches in Toronto. I'm not good at geography. Um, it just looks like the worst. Ellie's my vibe for this kind of beach day. She's got her little um, her little parasail in the back. <laughs> She's reading her book. She is covered from head to toe in clothing because it is She's cold. not getting no sun, sun damage She's today. She's getting zero sun. She's not here for your fucking SPF nor your damaging UV rays. So yeah, she said fuck that. But yeah, so she's done with this whole beard thing with marco and marco is literally like fucking ogling dylan the entire time dylan being um he's my oldest brother's gay tara was just trying to help (laughs) page milkle chuck (laughs) oh we need to make that for the merch store don't let me forget that with her the screen cap of her like <laughs> oh it's gotta be it's gotta be but um yeah she so we finally meet the infamous oldest brother uh dylan and he is hot you know for like i think for marco for seeing anybody who he knows is outwardly gay he's like this is adonis Ad- <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no he's very he's very like 
all-American Greek gaudy. You know, mm-hmm. he's a he's an athlete. He's got this beautiful, like, perfect curly blonde hair yes. that, like, if looks I, yes. just, like, sun-kissed. And, if like... I was casting for an Abercrombie ad, mm-hmm. he would be specifically an Abercrombie ad. No, he's too friendly looking for an Abercrombie ad. I think he could look really bitchy, though. Uh... I, I see him more as like a Hollister or a PacSun model. I just do. Okay. Probably PacSun, honestly. Okay, I, I, we can. I like because there's more beach. There's more like beachy, like, like. Yeah, no, that's fine. I just more I feel like knit vibes. I feel like Abercrombie is the like. This is why like neither of is... us cast for. <laughs> Neither of us do this for a living because we are Dylan is for the too same man. Like welcoming for Abercrombie. I okay. So who who has the biggest? I always thought like the um, American Eagle people had way more attitude Mm-mm. than like. No, I'm sorry. Abercrombie is the store that sometimes had shirtless men who just stood in the store. I think Dylan would be perfect for that. He's a hockey guy. He just doesn't. He's no. I, he's no because he's not. He's like, he's got that all American like golden retriever energy. So I know he's Canadian, up the but beach? you know what I mean. You want him yeah. running up the beach with the, like a football? Yeah, like a and then he tosses ball. that hair and smiles at you. Yeah, I think he could do print work. I think he. Could I think he print. could do print work too, but I think it's like active print work. It's not like standing there shirtless with a, a like blank look on his face he is multifaceted and i think that he would do well in any of these now not as relevant brands <laughs> i mean arguably uh, but yeah so dylan he's just he's obviously someone who is attractive to marco and he is not being shy about it but no one sees this except for like maybe ellie i think ellie's just in her own world right now but she's um, got a book she's good she's good she's like you play i'll read because they play volleyball and spinner is just oddly like in like inserting himself in all of this all of this i hate spinner so much in this episode yes he's so bad the fact that he has to like he, the fact that Marco wants to exist without being up Ellie's ass while they're do uh, they're roasting marshmallows and weenies um, after their little frolicking in the sand, he's like, "Oh, go be a boyfriend." Why do you need to do that as a friend? Because I mean, I think it comes down to for like it's not it's homophobia it's he knows on some level he knows he's known since season two he does and it's like i don't know why he so desperately needs to force marco out of the closet that's what it is it's like i know what you are like i can tell you're different so like say it yeah say it (laughs) out loud homosexual (laughs) out loud homosexual (laughs) answer me one basic question what do we eat ass (laughs) Amos you are spicy this morning clearly this fucking the fucking twilight group on facebook has corrupted me i usually don't go there so early in the morning because they're so vulgar but um i i exited out of that tab but yeah um spinner's the worst and i mean it's just it's sucky so because, because marco's just minding his fucking business so uh Dylan invites them because he is a hockey player. So Dylan invites them to some there's the, the, the it's mentioned what the name of this thing is, but it's some sort of like qualifier, something sports. It's like a qualifier or like a scrimmage or something. something it's, a, it's a big deal. Dylan's playing. It's a big it's deal. It's hockey. It's hockey. And it's high school hockey. Yeah. Which I suspect is a big deal in Canada, the way that I like think... high school basketball is huge in Indiana. Yeah, I would wager that. Um, I would definitely wager that. I so, mean, college I mean... ball too, but like you, I know so many people who like 
go to basketball games on Friday nights. Yeah. If right. there's it's somewhere's a, playing basketball, they yeah, they'll, gonna... they're just going to go. Yes. That's, it's kind of like that more in, more in PA than it is uh, here where I moved in Jersey. But I mean, definitely like that still. It's like, yeah, so it's a thing the community participates in. It's a very kind of like that kind yeah. of sport, but yeah. So, I mean, they're doing that. They're going to go. Uh, there's four tickets. They're going to go all for the guys so it's it's definitely okay and also craig and a- i think i mentioned craig and ashley were invited here they they just wouldn't fit in it's good that they didn't go why would they why yeah would they, they couldn't come because they're babysitting snake and angie <laughs> yes and it's it, i'm glad they're not there but um but it is cute that ashley's like integrated into the group again it Ellie's is integrated into she the looks group like again. where the fuck is terry again where Where's the fuck is there? terry where is Terry? Where is Terry? Now Do you think Paige was just like, no. I can picture, I mean, not this iteration of Paige, although unless Drew's feeling bitchy for the day. Oh, but like, God. I can see Paige being like, hey, Ter, we're going to the beach this weekend. And like, of course, you're totally welcome to come. But we all oh, understand if you don't want to be like in a bathing suit around us. Like, we get oh, that. Oh, my God. The less bitchy version of that would be would be oh we're all you know we're all kind of paired up like you know marco's got ellie and i've got spin and you know hazel's kind of eyeing jimmy we'll see what happens and it's craig and ashley too so we don't want you to feel like the odd one out like but you're still totally you know we love you you're still totally welcome to come i have flashbacks of being told you know we love you (laughs) socially PTSD, but no. Where the fuck is? I'm just. I'm so. I'm never gonna for. I'm never gonna forgive Paige. Like Paige goes a lot. Love her forever, but you know, like some things cut deep. And I would totally. I would so totally wear that skirt if I were. If I was a plus, like bitch. Yeah. Paige Milkelchuk. Paige Milkelchuk. Yeah. No. I. I think it's pretty much likely that one of those scenarios occurred. A bitchy phone call was launched, and for whatever reason, oh, I think Tara I bet it happened at the lockers, like, or oh, damn, a confrontation. Thir- like, that no, it wasn't like a confrontation. It was just like casual conversation. Hazel was probably there. Maybe she was doing her makeup. Oh gosh, um, but it, she, for whatever reason, she's not there. Um, but toxic masculinity is there instead. So I'm fucking force. fucking spinner. I don't. I just he just won't let Marco live. Um, and it's just kind of compounded to where he's like, okay, after it's revealed that he's no longer dating Ellie, he's like, okay, you got to move on. You got to stay strong. Who are you interested in? He's like, I don't know. I guess Hazel, cause she's the only other girl in our friend group. And I mean, why not? Fuck it. And he's like, great. She's a living, breathing pussy. Where? <laughs> Let me go fucking set this up. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just so cringe. It's so it's cringe. very cringe. It's very, um, you know, and I, I think it's like, it's more understated, but like, but still obvious, but like Jimmy really fucking shines in this episode. Jimmy knows oh, too. Yes, Jimmy's known forever. Jimmy's known yeah. as long as Spinner's known. Mark is not hiding it well. He's really like, I mean, fashion wise, he's a hundred footer. Like he's literally fashion has an wise, extendable like, mirror, like aesthetic wise, and just like I think the okay. way he carries himself in a certain way. Have you seen Forty Year Old Virgin? And not in a long time, but yes. There's a part like the night that like he hangs out with his co-workers and then they realize that he's a virgin yeah and like he's talking about hooking up with a girl one time which did not happen yeah and they're asking him about her boobs and he compares them to big bags of sand and it's like very clear he's never felt a boob before and like that confrontation when he's like we made out all night it was awesome or whatever Mm -hmm. is similar vibes Absolutely. Marco's not like Jimmy knows we made and out Jimmy's just like ever. we're gonna come to it when mm-hmm. we can mm-hmm. and you know and I think Jimmy does a good job of like sticking up for Marco but not making a spectacle of it 
exactly. Like he pushes yes. back against Spinner, but not too hard. Right. He's not trying to make it like uh, he's not trying to make it a thing. He's right. just he's taking it because he's a, an observant person, and he's not gonna blow up his fucking spot like that. And it's not that he's not trying to make it a thing because he doesn't want a spectacle. It's that he knows that that's not what Marco needs. No, Marco doesn't. And I, mean, I love he's that. just not because Jimmy's all for calling Spinner out on anything. Oh, he even when they're I friends, <laughs> Jimmy loves to be mean to. Him. No, seriously, it, 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 it's that dynamic would be perfectly suited to him, like clapping him the fuck back hard. But like, it's just not what is in Marco's best interest, and that is a big reason why. Jimmy is such a good friend, but in a way that Marco needs at this point. And, like, he's his safe place, and I love that. I love that for them. Their friendship is so fucking, like, it grows from here, but it's so fucking cemented here of, like, mm-hmm. I can trust you. Like, you're going to protect me when it comes down to it. Like, he runs. I mean, okay, that, I don't think it's too jumping too far ahead, but he runs to once he knows to the park once he figures out figures out that that's where marco is because he like hears the sirens sirens right yeah and he's already like outside of the stadium and i mean this the park is not far from the stadium um for the rink uh the the hockey rink where they are but it's like i mean it's a big building like it's i i think it's some sort of uh whatever they wherever they have a big rink for viewing games that i am obviously not a winter sports person guys um but yeah that scene in the park is so terrifying it is like it's what like five grown-ass adult men and they're big they're like yeah they're like these dudes are little like wimpy ass bitches for real for real but they're rather large in stature Right. Um, so they really do kick his ass. Mm-hmm. In a way. No, and I like it, it it really feels like authentic to the way that like that sort of situation would happen. It's a lot of taunting and lead up, but it's like a lot of fear too. Like it there mm-hmm. is just a lot of threat laced in everything that happens to him. And it's, it's really well, sad. Right, because that's the kind of thing where like yeah, these are the kind of dudes who are gonna enjoy like kicking the shit out of you, but it's way more about the scaring you. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing where like it could have stopped before they laid a hand on him mm-hmm. and it's still traumatizing as fuck. Absolutely. Cause I mean it's still like we're attacking you because you are being outward about you know, you're being outward about your sexual preference and who you are. Like well, it's it's very much like we want to silence you. We want to make you not feel so comfortable in your skin and feel so comfortable mm-hmm. being like outward about it. Yeah. Cuz like the way he's dressed is like not un like outside of the realm of what someone would wear and it may be a different place like i i don't know like different places where there's more of a presence of like art right i would say no like, it's not it's it's different. that he comes from boys town yes because it's his it's, it's yeah exactly what it is yeah and they figure because he's yeah yeah and honestly he probably could have been wearing anything he could have been wearing anything his outfit is beautiful though it's fly yeah He's dressed to the nines to go to a hockey game. <laughs> Where his crush is playing. The fact, but no, I mean, it's funny to say that though, because even to say it like he's dressed like that to go to a hockey game, you know that he's never been to a hockey game in his life. Mm-hmm. You know that he's not a sports person. Like I would never dress like that to go to a hockey game. Number one, I would be cold. So I'm going to yeah. most likely wear a hoodie and some sweatpants. Like, I'm not going to be, or, like, some fur, like some joggers, something that's going to keep me warm. He is wearing, like, his, his going out outfit. He looks like he could be going to the club. But, I mean, obviously he's not old enough for, he'd have to go to one of those 16 and um, up clubs or whatever. But he looks like he should be going to Boys Town. Like, mm-hmm. that's, and I think that's, 
I mean, that's just Marco's character. It works with his character. But I think it's also telling to be like, this is where he belongs. And he looks like he's dressing for where he belongs. Like, he's not wearing the, the jersey anymore. He's not pretending to be a fan. He's just being himself mm-hmm. and he's going to the hockey game. Yeah. And it's the first time we really see Marco, I feel like, finding his fashion. Mm-hmm. He's been really stumbling in it before. Yeah. Before now. Yeah, he's um, trying to not fully embrace it, but he's got the hat, he's got the collar, he's got the jeans, he's got those shoes. <laughs> like, you could tell he's feeling himself, and it's just like, oh, it's so devastating to just, for him to really, like you said, be embracing it after stumbling on his true fashion, like, what he's putting out there. And the, then the first time he kind of, like, lets himself out into the world. And breathe, yeah. Let himself actually just relax and be he, himself. He's, yeah. And, like, no, that scene is scary. It's very scary. They could have hurt him so much more. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel very lucky to not have experienced anything like that. I think mm-hmm. as a woman... Um, a cis woman, I, I definitely don't, and I'm a femme, even though I don't always dress like it, I say I dress like a little boy. I mean, I know those, th- I, I've seen those videos, and I wholeheartedly agree that I'm either a 12-year-old boy or, like, a hooker. Like, that's, like, <laughs> those are you, my Those two, are your two looks? Those are my two looks, like, and I'll throw in onesies in there, because, like, I'm, I, those are really my two looks. Um, and I don't, I've never been. I would been... say onesies fall into 12 year old boys and some hookers. That's fair. Well, then, yeah. I, I just definitely have never felt threatened in dressing how I cared to dress that day. And like, I have always kind of felt like I needed a woman or a man to tip me. Like uh, they say in the L word, Jenny, uh, one of the characters is like, okay, do me. What do you think I am? And they're like, no, you, you need a man or a woman to tip you either way. It's just impossible to tell. Um, and she's like, fuck. And I always, <laughs> I always feel like that. It's just, I mean, I've been privileged to not be a hundred footer. Like I would say Marco is. And in this, in the community of the queer community, a hundred footer just means you can tell that person's queer by seeing them in a crowd you they, they're just very obvious like the way they dress the way they carry themselves or the way they the... carry themselves their vibe their aesthetic it's just like some people are just like ooze it and they're like i just love and that's ooze. fine and that's fine i i wish i wish i oozed it i think i'm getting better with my ooze as i mature into my my lesbianism <laughs> my queerness I think it gets better with age, but you know, initially I felt the need to just be like super, like I I'm gonna put out there that I like lick pussy. I was just like just dropping in casual conversation, like yeah, hey. <laughs> it was very, it was very aggressive um, for a while, but no, I think it more. I've just. Being able to be comfortable in your queerness and your sexuality is something that I think a lot of people take for granted, and it wasn't safe, and still isn't safe. I think it's gotten safer um, in mm-hmm. in certain metropolitan areas. Like it's safer to like there's more protection. There's more. I think there, there is and there isn't. There it's... is and there isn't. It depends where you, it depends. Because it's I a would scary say, like, time to be a person right now it's i feel like and it's an person, exceptionally yeah. scary time to be a queer person i think that that's kind of like my my thinking is i'm always like okay a lot of people are going through things where i just can't even imagine being persecuted for any of one of my identities specifically because i've just been so lucky um but i think the time is increasing to more where I'm like that I'm just getting away statistically like something's and maybe that's my anxiety where I'm like maybe something's gonna happen to where I'm like oh I'm gonna feel differently but to I've been able to travel overseas recently with my partner and not feel 
like we were at risk, like anyone was looking at us like as a queer couple and like wondering, or were we sisters or anything? Like we were very obviously a couple and I didn't feel threatened or like looked down upon or it just, I feel very, very lucky, very blessed um, because that's just not a lot of people's experience and it's just not safe for a lot of people. And I might slip into a position where I'm not safe and I just have to kind of take it moment by moment. Like it's not always something that was consistent. I was not sure, you know, at some points, but it was an overall like, yeah, I was fine. There was never points where like, I wonder like, oh, we're two women. Is someone going to try to like overtake us physically? But then I also, they see my girlfriend and they think that some people think that she's a, a like a man even though her breasts are very prominent and like she's obviously a woman. I don't know. There, there maybe there's some things that people think they can't like take her, which they would be correct. <laughs> it's possible, <laughs> but either way, no, I, I just feel for Marco and like his brief, like reaching for acceptance of himself and then to just be so violently like, rejected from that it's devastating it is it is and it and i think it doesn't fix it at all Mm -hmm. but the way that jimmy comes through i think having that immediate like love and acceptance from somebody that like you know jimmy hasn't telegraphed to him that he's gonna be a homophobic asshole about it the way that spinner has been yeah but he still doesn't know, you know, Jimmy might just be like, you know, let this friendship fizzle out. And that hurts too. And yeah. instead, Jimmy is like, nah, man, He's you're solid, my friend. I love down. you. I am so fucking sorry. Yeah. And, and I, mean, I am I, like. It's a physical, it's a rejection, like physically that those guys gave him. But then he's also like how you said, so Jimmy's literally 10 toes down for him. He's, he's solid for him. And then Spinner on the other spectrum is the only person that he came out to or chose i mean by some by some force because he leave i don't know if we mentioned i don't think we did but he leaves the date that spinner sets up with him uh sets up for him the double date it turns out to be with Paige and hazel and uh can i say sidebar that the movie that he's describing not only sounds like that one part in kill bill volume two or was it volume one? Whatever. I think it's volume one. But it's disgusting and not funny. Not a funny joke. Like, it's not, yeah, it's it doesn't make sense why they're fucking cracking weird. up laughing. Yeah. Um, but uh, he makes up an excuse that he has to go help his mom make pasta sauce. And <laughs> and Spinner chases out him out of the date in a rage because... We should just add the audio of that scene, I feel yeah, we like. We have to add it. And I mean, it's... It's I. It's how we got our name. You just walked out on a date with one of the grass's coolest girls for your mom's pasta sauce? It doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. Oh, yeah? Then stop crying and explain it to me, because obviously I'm a moron and don't get it. Because, man. Because what? Because I'm gay. Because it's, there, there's just no way that you walk out on a date with one of Degrassi's coolest girls for your mom's pasta sauce. You just don't do it. I don't know. I bet that Mrs. Del Rossi makes some fucking fire marinara. I would bet that as well. And like for me, you don't even need like all the meat in there if you just have a really good simple tomato sauce. So mm. I'm gonna hope that there's not like I'm gonna hope that the preparation. Well, it's marinara, so it wouldn't have meat. Is in oh, it. is it bolognese when you yeah. have the meat? Oh, well, good. Thank you. Well, then marinara then. Um, for my mozzarella sticks. But no, that date looks awful. That movie sounds horrible. I feel like like Marco is describing a bad movie, trying to be like, yeah, like, I'm not your vibe, Hazel. Like, these are the kind of I like weird foreign movies. And everybody else is just laughing because what? I don't know. Because Marco's laughing? I don't know. I feel like Hazel's probably laughing because Marco's laughing. Probably. And I don't know. I mean, Spinner's motivations are whatever the fuck they are. You know, he's trying, still this. trying to push 
Marco out of the closet. So he's, you know, Hazel's up and he's like, huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, you guys have this in common. You, you know, what? I don't fucking know. I don't know. It's a nightmare. That dude is horrible. I would have walked out on it. It is. And I mean, I'm glad that. I'm glad that we get that moment because it's iconic, but it also just really, the way that he says it, it surprises himself, but he, it's not that he doesn't know, but just saying it out loud, I can say from experience is different than saying it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell yourself internally, okay, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay. But then to actually Even tell someone- Even like looking in the mirror saying it, which yeah. I would bet Marco has tried. But no, to it's tell super... someone who's real and a person that can walk away from you with this knowledge that you are gay, it's... And it's immediately all of his worst fears confirmed. Oh, yeah, compounded, I'd say, too, because fucking mm-hmm. his friend writes that he's um, an F.A.G. in the, the boys' bathroom in Sharpie. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, no, it's, it's Spinner is so disgusting. Spinner is not only like, I'm going to walk away from you, I'm but I'm going to terrorize you and encourage me. others to yeah. do the same. It's so disgusting. It's very disgusting. And I think, I mean, there's no, there's no surprise on where he's going to land for us when we do our segment, um, our, our yeah. super bummer segment. But it's just, to me, it feels like it's malicious and it's so, it's so oh, rooted it's in fear. And it's rooted in just like uh, rejection. It's like no, no, no. I'm not gonna accept this from you. There's, there's an acceptable realm and there's an unacceptable realm, and this is the unacceptable realm. And I just, oh, I can't stand that kind of behavior, and I can't stand that thinking. It's so narrow-minded. He does. They do a lot of rehab on this character. We have had Shane on the show, but I've told him. I think I told him that Spinner was never really one of my favorites. He grows on me. But, like, Spinner just has so many times where I'm like, you are just such a fucking dick, dude, that I'm just like, I need, I need so much more to outweigh. And, like, he gets the level head eventually, but this is just so... I think he's one of the most interesting characters. I think he's one of the most well-written characters. I think he is one of the most frustrating characters. Extremely frustrating. It's definitely, like, it's definitely one of the most frustrating watching experiences to watch him as a character especially because the the ending conversation that he's like well you haven't done anything yet so you could just you know date hazel it's like dude have you googled have you done any research you You like ashley he has not you like ashley like i mean maybe you need to get together and like she needs to teach you a thing or two about research spinner doesn't know how to do research spinner has never done research i'm just so sad i'm just so sad it just makes me like yeah it's it's kind of an attack on me because i think i think every person who struggled with their sexuality thinks these things there's a lot of internalized homophobia there's a lot of like okay well i haven't done a lot of people will make the argument okay you can um identify as this but until you've done anything that doesn't mean you are a true gay person that's not true guys you are able to identify as enjoying a particular um type of person and not have to ever sexually interact with that type of person that's fine that doesn't mean that you're any less of that identity and i think that that's something that's super like for me that I felt the need to like say watching that scene of him being like oh you haven't done anything yet you haven't done the gay so you can't you're not gay like that's not true like Marco is gay because that's who he is not it's about who you are attracted to not about who you're fucking that's that's the thing and I think okay it's the just hating something without any attempt to understand it and you know if you take the time to try and understand a perspective and you still walk away with nope fuck you that's wrong Mm -hmm. at least you took the fucking time at least you have some understanding spinner is just like ew penises are gross except for mine 
uh literally it's like what like how does attraction work but like i like girls so and girls do it for me so how does that work with like guys and other guys i mean literally dr sally asked that question but um, still did he? Oh, Spinner was back there cringing. I thought it was Spinner. But um, it literally, like, the the fact that Dr. Sally out here doing the Lord's work, because, like, like she's, like, the same way that, like, attraction happens for, for you. Like, that's what they like. That's what people who are attracted to other, like, like someone that's not just a binary. Like, yeah. there are different... A spinner would really struggle into <laughs> this version of spinner would really struggle in the to navigate i i would say anything, a, anything that's not a binary um would just be a fucking struggle for this for this young man at this point in his life but um it's thank god for jimmy like thank you for this man in this episode he is exactly what marco needs i feel like marco would just have no footing if it wasn't for um for jimmy there would be no refuge from the fact that spinner's a fucking terror yeah and that the world has now proven itself to be cruel to him but yes we should now segue (laughs) segue into let's move it to your favorite corner i feel like you're gonna have a lot to say this week uh yes i did i feel like we need to you know i i need to actually get those screenshots i don't i don't think i have them but i have mine written down i think it is on the intro that uh ellie is giving like sweeney todd vibes um on the beach she's giving me sweeney todd vibes um and i mean i always say she's serving slight steampunk in these early episodes with some pieces but I also like that Dylan and Marco are both wearing varsity like numbers in the first in the beach scene. I'm like, oh, I love when they dress dress people to match, like, cause they're gonna be a couple. And why did he roll up those pants, Marco? That is a fashion. Don't get some capris. because he's not out of the closet yet. He's not God, out of the closet. I am so glad that I realized I don't have to fucking cuff a jean ever again. I don't have to wear jeans again, and I don't have to cuff them. Huh. Anyway, <laughs> I'm um, mad about that. <laughs> I loved, and you and I have talked about this top because I want to make you yes, one, but yes. I love Paige's fucking beach outfit and that I beautiful crochet top. I just noticed that her, t- which was so in at this time, her top button was unbuttoned and it's like folded over um, mm-hmm. to do that like low rise look, <laughs> like a little bit more emphasis on it. I'm like, uh, I love, I love Paige's whole outfit. Yes. Iconic for a fucking, mm-hmm. cause like that um, crochet is going to provide some uh, more comfort and um, coverage like you're warmer but you could still show some skin because it's cold out there like mm-hmm. <laughs> i strongly yeah it's cold as fuck um obviously marco's outfit um when he goes to the uh hockey game on the way i talked about a little bit in the deep dive he's just serving the hat the fact that his uh shirt is starched I like the, I like the material, uh, not the material, the print on the shirt, and I really like his shoes. It's so, it's just a sad outfit because we know what really happens. But and I have to give an honorable mention for Paige's styling of her jersey going to the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love her. I love that she just couldn't just wear it straight. She's like, I've gotta, I've gotta jazz it up a little bit. <laughs> um, do you have any more? Um, I'm looking. Okay. I think Marco, there's a certain charm to Marco in the Maple Leafs jersey. I was gonna say that. Yeah, he is. He's a sweet guy. He looks so small. He looks so small in that jersey, though. That's my only downside to it. He just looks so small. S M O L. He really does. He really does, and it's cute. It's he's cute. got his little puka shell necklace, right? I, I love I love Marco. I love him. He's so sweet. 
Oh gosh. Um, I love Emma's woman symbol earrings. She's wearing the the woman symbol. Um, you. There's another word for it that it's not that I'm gonna say, and it's probably not the right word, so I won't say it. And um, I think that's it. So we've got Huns this episode. Three of them actually. Okay. Yeah. Got a lot um. So when Paige shows up at the dot and she realizes that Marco's not there, um, and she says, "Okay, hun, get over it already." And then there's also when they're at the beach um, and Marco goes to put his arm around Ellie and she's weird about it because she's not <laughs> together anymore and it's weird. Um, and she's like, hon, it's okay. He's your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also this one I'm going to lead us into Shots Fired with because it's one of mine. Okay. Um, but, and it's actually my only shot fired just because okay. I I don't know I had to kind of tune out all of the negativity of this episode if that makes sense yeah to a degree um and a oh, lot yeah. of it was just that's you know that's the, my first one too so perfect um but she says um they pick up Mark, Marco and Ellie and she's like Ellie hun I thought vampires couldn't go out in the sun So good, such a good burn, such a good burn. And then her response, the look that she gives is so she's so exhausted by Paige already. But yeah, that's a great segue into shots fired from the hun count. Shots fired. Yeah, I've got a couple. Okay, so my um my first one is Manny saying our routines are so 2001. <laughs> um my next one is jimmy saying so what are you gonna write next something about me being black which is a heavy one but it is a shots fired nonetheless it is a strong shot fired um and my last one is good old pagey poo saying nice to know someone in your family has a sense of humor emma that is it. That is it for our beautiful shots fired for this episode. Uh. Um, I feel like super bummers are super easy, so let's take it there first. Oh, super bummers very easy. Obviously, y- y- the the crown goes to fucking Spinner Reginald Mason, because what the fuck, Gavin Reginald Mason, whatever. Spinner Reginald Mason sounds so weird. It does. Spinner, Reginald, somebody carried a baby for nine months to name him Spinner. No. They didn't. They named him they Gavin. They named him Gavin. His name is Gavin. Gavin Reginald Mason. Uh, how dare you? And how fucking dare you again? You get the crown for being a super fucking bummer. Uh, I, no one came close to you. So. Yeah, no, not really. I don't have anybody else who's on the roster. I think just to be like, you know, a punctuation, like a a damn period at the end of the sentence mm-hmm. that's it so yeah i'm good for that and uh our shining stars obviously jimmy brooks jimmy brooks really came through i think the jimmy didn't do anything spectacular mm-hmm. jimmy did what a friend should do yeah the impact of that was everything was life-saving Absolutely. i think in that moment he was just right. He was just being a friend, but sometimes just being a friend and showing up and like that's everything. Everything. Yeah. Like, no. There cannot be understated how much it means. Um, mm-hmm. And I know if Marco were a real person, he would struggle to articulate what that meant to him. Jimmy being there for him at that point. So yes, he mm-hmm. is a shining star. And, um, I mean, I, I, I want to always have a soft side for Snake. I think I put him in the honorable mention because fucking learning you have a possible, like, life-threatening disease is hard. And being strong for your family and not spiraling into fucking depression even if you do, that's still honorable. I'm not saying that, like, oh, he would be a bummer if he spiraled into depression, but still being 
being snake about it. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I really appreciated the way that he handled it. And it just made me smile, even though he was going through fucking the hardest thing that his characters had to go through in this season, uh, in the series. Yeah. I got to give it to Marco too. Coming out as hard and scary okay. coming out in, um, being forced out. Yeah. Is shitty. And, spoiler alert, this isn't going to just completely ruin his life and have him just magically turn straight. Um, traumatizing people straight is not a thing. Don't it's do it. It's not a thing. It really um, is. But he does. He bounces back. He's like, he's like, fuck this. No, this is who I am. I'm not going to be scared. Fuck the spinners of the world. I guess there's only one question left, right? Did you have any more shining stars? I'll throw Craig in there. Um, I think he more as an honorable mention, just because I appreciate that he went with his gut and vocalized to Emma. I do think that it was important that Snake wasn't in it alone. I do wish that fucking Spike was involved and she was given a storyline, but whatever. Um, so Amanda just didn't want to work that week. She had something going on. She surely, she truly must have. But yeah, so I'm going to throw Craig in there for just being a de- once again, being a decent Craig. He's going to he's going to get an honorable mention because the bar is high this week in my opinion for uh shining stars. But yeah. yeah. Without Craig, Snake could have ignored the fact that he had leukemia for a little longer. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I think with that, like you've already hinted at, there's just one more question to ask, and it is, does it go there? Does it go there? I mean, I think that that's an easy yes. I don't feel the need to justify my answer. A plot goes there, B plot goes there. Yeah, we've got two, we've got both the A and the B plot going there this week, so yeah. No arguments from me. We're good. Thank you for listening to your mom's podcast. Next week, we're going to be watching Gangsta Gangster, which is the beginning of Sean's criminal era. This episode of your mom's podcast was made possible in part by the Toronto Maple Leaves, Boys Town, and support from listeners like you. If you'd like to further support our show, you can find us on TikTok and Facebook as your mom's podcast. We also have a Facebook group of the same name. And you can find us on Instagram at ympadcast. Your Mom's Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscriptions and reviews are another great free way to support us. However, if you're interested in supporting us in not free ways, we have a lot of great bonus content on our Patreon. And some great merch at our shop, which can be found at your-moms-podcast-shop.fourthwall.com. And remember, that's podcast. P-A-H-D-C-A-S-T. Thank you. We would like to say a thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Octavia Faith. Margot Mancini. June Bard. And Abutz. And a very special thank you to our Titty Snake producer, Alika Fenderson. Thank you so much for supporting the show, guys. Thank you. Ew, I hate how I said thank you. Thank you.